Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uh, hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, uh, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we uh, look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta every nine months or so. Uh, I'm here with Josh Lane. Uh, we're here to talk about the draft and anything else of recent vintage that applies to the local NBA franchise, the Atlanta Hawks. Welcome, Josh. Hey, hey. Thanks for uh, bringing me in today. I'm, you know, it's such an honor to be on here, hear your voice, <laughs> hear not, the man. It's not an honor. I hear the voice behind the tweets. I, I love it. Love it that I'm here. Um, I have, I'm rusty. So, like, putting together sentences, like writing is fine, but my entire life has been email and Twitter and, you know. I teach one math class on Zoom. That's pretty much all the dialogue that I get, and I don't get to talk basketball. So uh, I'm willing for this to be quite a disaster. Oh, my goodness. And if people who know me, they know I love drama and and train wrecks. And you know what? We're just going to do this. Let's rust it out. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that's it. Hopefully that's <laughs> the only the only problem with rusting it out is that there's like a forty percent chance that I'm going to delete this accidentally before it actually gets to the air. So we'll see. <laughs> oh heck yeah! All right, <laughs> go ahead do it. Yeah, it's it's not just the rusty on the mic; it's rusty on everything. Um, the Hawks, against all odds. Uh, kept the number six pick, kept the number 50 pick, and selected Onyeka Okongwu. Um, I need to know what you think here. First reactions. First reactions is congratulations. You got the pronunciation correct. Oh, I know. know about that. that. Great job. Great job. Um, hey, so this is one of those weird drafts um, that is just kind of like, I didn't know where who was going to go where. I was honestly kind of surprised that nobody was traded at all. Like, for how much talk for trade, nothing happened. But, yeah, like you said, against all odds, the Hawks uh, kept the number six pick. They drafted a defensive-minded forward, power forward slash center. Um, With thinking of the pick, you know, I like it. It complements – That Trey Young guy, I hear he's a pretty important offensive player for the Hawks, but compliments him pretty well. Um, um, Okongwu can defend on the perimeter. He can defend around the basket. He's really young. Like, 
I didn't even know this guy turns what 20 next month. He's still 19. So yeah, really long. There's a lot he can learn. And then if you just want to go full tinfoil hat, crazy thinking right now, thinking at that age, who knows if he's done growing. So you never know. Um, I was thinking of some comparisons for him. Um, do you do Hawks fans remember how much of annoyance that um, younger or not even younger, but at least four years ago, Tristan Thompson was yeah. against the Hawks? That's 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 a good. I like that. Yeah, I I thought about that and I was like, you know, Tristan Thompson compliments a lot of not just Trey. You could throw him in there next to, um, say, a player like John Collins, who, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm trying not to say it, uh, defensively challenged. Is that a safe word to use, or am I being too cruel, Kale? Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I think that the the. the the, the fair criticism for John is just almost like a physical thing like they've been saying for Toppin all week. It's like his hips aren't fluid. It's like, yeah, well, that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, he's probably more fluid than Toppin, especially after a few years in the NBA. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's tricky. He, def- he certainly was for – he's played three seasons. For a season and a half, absolutely. And he's slowly gotten better, and he was pretty good last year. And good lord, like the defense was just a train wreck last year. Like if you're playing next to Jabari Parker, if you're playing next to Damian Jones, when you're honestly when you're playing with Trey Young, I mean there there were not a lot of plus defenders that he got to play with, and he was still you know pretty good. So you know we haven't. We haven't gotten to simultaneously see John at John's best with teammates who are at their best. So, right, I, I right. think there's and, a fair to still hold out hope. I'm not sure that we've seen it yet. I just think there there were enough holes last year that, you know, he he's not the guy that's going to cover up everybody since. Yeah, well, you know, Okonwu with bringing him in, he's a young player that, to me, he just seems like you plug. It's a you know. Maybe not for this season, but for the future that you can plug in that can complement those that carry more um, of a workload on offense. And I see him kind of just filling in there, at least the optimistic Josh Lane thinks that. And one other just, you know, kind of positive thing is you think about Clint Capella being on this roster. And now don't think about it like a logjam, but you just think like, Huh. Uh, Akonwu is essentially going to be the modern day defensive center. Who better to learn from, or at least just watch and practice every single day, than Clint Capella? Um, so that that was just my last quick thought. I feel like I'm rambling, talking too much. Like I said, I'm rusty at this. Yeah. No. I. I it's. Uh, it's um. It's tricky. It's uh. It's like. Even tonight, you know, Okongu got asked, you know, about the BAM comparisons. And, he, you know, he kind of put the brakes on that. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I aspire to be like that. But, uh, you know, BAM was an all-star this year, and it took him, you know, a few seasons to get to that point. 
um, you know, he right. hopes to take a similar trajectory. And I, you know, I'm not really concerned about, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be, let's put it this way. When you draft a defensive player as a 19-year-old, you don't really expect him to be a good defensive player as a 19-year-old. It's going to take some time. I think that he he's a bit player in the rotation this year. That's not a tragedy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think he's kind of the future of the center position. Just if you look across the NBA, there were just, you know, when it came to the playoffs in the bubble this season, there were just some centers that I didn't trust. I didn't trust Rudy Gobert. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Jokic, but like Milwaukee's defense, I just didn't trust them because I didn't think that they were flexible enough in the styles that they could play. You know, when you're rolling out Brooke Lopez, you're pretty much just going to play Bud's uh drop pick and roll coverage over and over again and I think that you have to have a more mobile center who can be more versatile um, I liked tonight that when Travis was talking to the media and this is really harping on the minutia but I think the quote was he moves his feet very very well in pick and roll coverages and I love the fact that he used the word coverages plural because I think that's really why he drafted him is not really that he can be good in one pick and roll style. It's that he can be good in all pick and roll styles. Like if he's going to hedge and, and be out there in an aggressive scheme, he can do that. If he's going to drop and he needs to protect the rim, I think he can do that. And I think it remains to be seen a little bit, but I, I sort of suspect that he'll be pretty good as a switcher too. Um, and you just look across the NBA and that that's, you know, it's not really just bam, but, even somebody like, you know, Bam's a ceiling, but even if you're looking at somebody like Boston, they they were pretty good in the playoffs with Daniel Tice at center. Um, the, uh, the Lakers, they won a championship, and, you know, Dwight and JaVale did some stuff, but in the end, uh, putting Anthony Davis at center for those last couple of games was a really nice luxury to have that kind of versatile big man in there. Um I just think that that's kind of the wave of the future. And I think, you know, if you look at all the guys in this draft, even maybe going back to last draft, you know, who who's going to be a mobile center that can do this kind of thing? I think Okongwu is, is the one. So modern day center. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's very, very good point. <laughs> um, and, and Travis tonight, I should add, we should... I should slip this in at some point. Might as well just slap it in now. But, you know, he was asked, can he play power forward? And the answer was basically, well, if the other team is using two bigs, then we can use two bigs. And, you know, I don't think you're going to see him out there with Capella. I think that would be kind of a train wreck. But to put him out there with Collins or put him out there with Deadman, that that might be reasonable. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking about Deadman earlier today. <laughs> Um, I mean, Deadman was perfect for John Collins' development. Like, early yeah. on in John's career, it's like, I get to be the power forward on defense, and I, I get to be the center on offense, and, and that was really good for John to be able to do that. It helped him get a lot of minutes and, and get comfortable in the NBA. And, you know, Deadman struggled last year, and who knows, things are different, but, uh, you know, Deadman's only going to be here for one year, but if it... If he comes off the bench with a Kong Wu and makes a Kong Wu comfortable in his role the way he did for Collins, that would be nice. Yeah, Collins, when he came in, he, you know, he was a 
I'll just say from my end watching, he was a rim runner. And my right, understanding, and Deadman made that possible. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yes, yes. And my understanding with um, at least reading the profile and looking at what I've seen with the Conwu, he kind of has that same rim running ability um, off of the pick and roll and off of just um, following up missed shots. And with Deadman's ability to space the floor that we have seen and, you know, kind of like how you mentioned last year was kind of shaky, but we, we as Hawks fans who have watched Deadman in the past, he's able to spread open the floor, which really helped with John Collins' ability um, right there. So you're right. Maybe optimistically, crossing my fingers, optimistically, we might be able to see that same kind of thing go on. Yeah, and the other thing that's nice about it is that Deadman's just uh, Deadman's a, oh. a good person. Like <laughs> he's the kind of guy you—he's the kind of veteran you would want teaching a younger player. He's—he's he's not going to be an a-hole. Um, uh, it's it's funny. It's, exactly. That's where I was going to go, and then all of a sudden I froze up because it's—it's it's hilarious that like for Deadman, yeah. like for years and years, his kryptonite has been uh, Nick Vucevic. Just, just absolutely melts to pieces against another USC guy, but I don't I don't think that's gonna be the case here. I, I think they can bond on that USC connection and, and make something nice coming off the bench. Okay. I I like it kind of just I, I think they can bond. We'll see. I think I think they have one mind. One mind. That they're gonna fuse their minds together. That's how it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh Oh, there was something else Travis did that was I was going to mention. Hmm, what was it? What was it? Brainstorm. I told uh, you I'm rusty, and I'm just sitting here like staring at the recording. I've looked at it like 400 times. Like, is the clock still rolling? Is is the little ticker still showing that it's recording my voice? Did I accidentally stop well, it? But we're good so far. Well, it looks like. Let me ask you two things. Um, one, there's this rumor about him having something wrong with his foot. Oh, and, and um, Schlenk acknowledged that. He said tonight that, uh, you know, there is, what's the term, um, a stress fracture under one of his big toes. Um, okay. And he said that I think the information that he had was based on something from like four weeks ago and that it was a very minor injury. And so that I think he was positive that it was uh, a while back for one and two, that it wasn't going to be serious. He said something to the effect of, you know, we're, we're not concerned that it's going to be a long-term issue. He made it sound like something pretty minor. Uh, so I don't think he had any recent information on it, but I think it was from a few weeks ago and uh, minor enough from a few weeks ago that honestly he's probably just hopeful that it's it's close to better by now. I don't think that they're anticipating anything significant in terms of like missing half a season or anything like that. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, I but, wanted to ask. And that's the other – oh, sorry, to just shoehorn in one thing before we leave the topic. It, Go ahead. You know, I know a lot of people have concerns there are like, uh, there are so many big men, and we haven't mentioned Bruno Fernando, but like, even if you have five bigs, like, look at Dwayne Dedman's career, like, he's, he's a, you know, in an 82 game season, he's usually like a 60 games a season guy, Capella, uh, you know, is coming off an injury, uh, Kongu has what he's dealing with now, um, Collins has been something of a workhorse, uh, which is nice, uh, although, you know, even in his second season, like, the tail end of it, or maybe it was the beginning of it, but his whole second season, he was kind of slowly coming back for something. I mean, if if you get these guys to play 
uh, a full season. A full season for them might be 80% of their minutes. So if, if four out of five of them are good to go at any point in time, that, that's a good thing. And, you, and you, then you want to play those four guys. Like it, It's not bad to have five decent big men because you look at the historically over their careers and these aren't hundred, you know, these aren't a hundred percent of the games in a season kind of guys. Sorry, yeah, I just wanted to wedge that in before we left that topic. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I keep butting in. I told you I'm rusty. You know, no, man, this is this is your podcast. I I was kind of afraid to jump in and ask you. <laughs> you were going on a roll. Um, no, with what you said, I kind of I can kind of see it. I not kind of see it. I do see it, and also just thinking like. You know, guys that size just running up and down the floor that many games in a year, it's just you get, you have to prepare. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, so I don't think that's a log, you know, log jam at all. But also, hey, this also, I believe you mentioned this with uh, Deadman, but he's he's going to be gone, say, in a year. <laughs> um, right. Is that I, fair to say? I mean – Travis called it a con- uh, a contract year, and he also mentioned something to the effect, and it's really wonderful how honest and open Travis is. I can't emphasize that enough. It's like if you ask him a question and it's not something that like legally he can't answer, he's pretty much going to shoot the straight shit with you. But he said something like, hey, it's good that these guys are going to have to compete for their minutes. Like I think he used some- either that phrase or something very close to it, like, Kong was a 19-year-old, and it could be rough for him in his first season, and if he's going to be good enough to be out there on the court, you know, he's going to have to kind of show it, prove it, and, you know, he'll get there eventually, but if he's not ready and he's not ready, then there are other guys who are ready to go, so, like, depth is not really a problem, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. And long-term, there will be room for Kong. Like, you know, he said Deadman's in a contract year. He literally, literally brought that point up tonight with not really a whole lot of hesitation. Like clearly the, the future is, is, is going to be something with maybe Capella and a Kong Wu. And you know, now there are decisions to be made about drum roll, John Collins. Got a gut oh. feeling on that. Well, John Collins, he, he has something coming up, I believe, but that that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Wait, we just going to skirt that one. What? That's, that's fair. Jump, we jump. can skirt that. I, that's true. I didn't really ask you to prepare for that one, did I? Well, okay. Um, <laughs> if, I if, told you I was. If, if you want my thought on that, um, they, they're going to have to bring John. I mean, I'm just thinking, looking looking at the makeup of the team of right. – just the make of it, I'm thinking they're going to have to bring John back, and I'm trying. I'm trying to think of how to say this um, kindly about uh, sports teams and cities, but of what of what I have gathered with watching on the outside as a fan of the Hawks, there's really there's one guy that you know John constantly seems to have a connection with a chemistry with on the team and that happens to be the youngest most pop well not youngest but the most popular player on the Hawks and if you want to keep said particular player happy unless if you replace John with something um that's a very much a plus um yeah I mean we haven't seen Trey play with Capella yet and Maybe he'll do something similar there, but yeah, that's that's fair. 
Yeah, I just think, hey, I <laughs> you want to keep uh, Trey happy, and then also just because you look at it, Trey's on Trey's still on his rookie contract, <laughs> so you might want to get the most out of this team that you can with Trey on his contract, right? Uh, rookie contract. Yeah, and I think John's uh, contract um, plays a big factor in this. Like, I yeah. mean, the Hawks aren't aren't beating down. John Collins's door with an extension at the moment, uh, you know, at least, you know, they're not coming up publicly and saying, Hey, we're going to show up at 1201 on the day that we can show up with it. But I think most of that's just because, you know, he's going to have a low number against the cap next summer. And to keep the roster flexibility that they currently have, and in probably the last window that they'll be able to keep it, if they're serious I mean, obviously they're gonna be serious about trey young but i imagine that they're gonna feel the same way about cam reddish a year after that you know you you take your flexibility window in the chance that you can get it because you might not have it again anytime soon right right so yeah um <laughs> that, that's that's kind of where i'm there i'm just thinking like they're just gonna to have to bring back to me, they're going to have to bring back John um, to, one, appease your star player, to appease, you know, the entertainment of the city. Because, you know, this is the ticket. This is the ticket selling business, I guess, as they would say. Um, and, yeah, you know, selling tickets help. I mean, I think it's, and, it's interesting. I mean, we saw Collins this year, like, he was a phenomenal shooter. Like, he was just... You know, I don't think we've seen a combination of somebody who could score with volume and have incredible touch inside and incredible touch outside. Like, he was almost unprecedented in what he did in, you know, whatever fraction of the season that he got because of the bubble at the end and the suspension at the beginning. But in between, my goodness, I mean, he was just so much. But at the same time, you know, he got to be the center in a lot of those lineups now. He's going to have to be a power forward next to Capella some of the time, and I, there's probably questions of fit. It's just a little bit weird that the Hawks haven't come out with more public love for him. I don't, you know what I mean? It just, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. I don't know if that's a negotiating tactic or if they're just being careful or, you know, like I said, I think it's just that they're waiting because that keeps them flexible and they want that flexibility through next summer. But I don't know. I mean. I- I don't know. I mean, he seems kind of like the players, one of the players, you know, given what he did last season, that that, that would be something that Travis Link liked an awful lot. But, I mean, I guess he wants to see it next to some other pieces and some other schemes. I, I don't know. Offensively, his skill set is unique. <laughs> um, uh, you, It'd be hard to find the player that could replace the um, offen- offense that he provides. And, right. Yeah. His offensive skill set is unique. Um, in terms of just like, I guess you'd. Um, sorry, you said it's so much more better than I'm about to butcher and say it right now. But say the popularity of him as a player, I wonder how much of that factored into the suspension um, that happened for. Well, since it was a shortened season, it feels like half the season uh, he missed, or more than half the season he missed. So I wonder how much of that kind of factored into that as to why you didn't see his name out there more. Um, I guess. I, I mean, 2020 has been such a long year. That suspension feels like it happened in the 1990s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, 
I mean, to go 2020 doesn't have a whole lot of benefits, but if you were trying to forget something that happened in the recent past, it's probably pretty good. <laughs> we probably have yeah. some listeners like, oh, yeah, there was a suspension. And, like, these are diehard, diehard Hawks fans that, like, you know, yeah. jar their memory a little bit just because it's not, I don't know, it feels like a long time ago. Like, Alex Lynn was on the team. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> who was the that, player? That... Who There was somebody that's like, oh, I like it. I'm literally there like, oh, Ty Wallace. It's like Tyrone Wallace was on the Hawks last year. And I'm sure I, I definitely <laughs> talked to him a couple times, but it's like, I don't know. Somehow I came across the <laughs> roster and I was like, Ty Wallace, my God, that it, it feels like he was on a team that had like Tabo Cephalosha on it or something. Like it, it seems like it was a while back. Oh. Oh my! <laughs> there, there's the um, yeah, you're right. The Renaissance of uh, Jabari Parker. That you're right. That feels like it was like five years ago. <laughs> it was less than a year. Oh my goodness! Look what you're doing to me, Kale. <laughs> That's okay. We can go off the rails. Oh, did did we go off the rails there? I, I apologize. No, we're just teetering. I, so socks related. What, what do you think about uh, free unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, players who might be free agents if they turn down their option? Uh, do you have feelings on Gordon Hayward? Uh, I'm, I'm struggling. So, on, I'm struggling on the Bojan Bogdan, but uh, Bogdan Bojanovic. Up until we started this call, I was trying to understand what in the world happened with Bogd- with um, I wasn't gonna say Bogey, um, Bogdan, but Bogdan, yeah, let's just go with that. So let me understand this. There was a sign and trade in place for him to go to the Bucks, but then he just said no, nah. Right, I and would- the conspiracy theorists are saying, well, this is now something where. This has happened because, you know, as soon as the sign and trade got leaked, it's like, well, you can't do sign and trades yet. That would be tampering. So now there's the theory that the reason he has suddenly come out with the I don't want to go to Milwaukee thing is because they want to make it seem like a tampering thing or not a tampering thing. I'm sorry. Um, okay. And I have no idea. I mean, that's that's a theory that's been espoused. I honestly don't have any idea. I. I honestly okay, was so, surprised the Kings had any interest in the mixed bag of spare parts that Milwaukee was sending back. But, I mean, I guess if you don't think that you can re-sign Bogdanovich, then if one of those pieces interests you, you do it. Maybe they just feel like uh, he's going to walk. Or, or He's a restricted free agent, so he can't just outright walk. But if he signs a contract that they don't want to match, then he walks. And so I guess they feel like if they get an asset for that. But I just didn't feel like the Bucks were really sending <laughs> any assets their way i you know i just just am so confused as to okay so it's not like the bucks just out of thin air came up with this rumor mill thing to say there's a sign and trade agreement so it's like i'm okay okay whatever <laughs> i'm sorry my my brain is getting fried just thinking about how that's even possible i mean i guess I, part of it though i think if you think like even with like the Drew Holiday trade, it's like, well, evaluate the trade. One went to the Pelicans, one went to the Bucks. You know, even then the context is 
hey, we're trying to show Giannis what we're doing. So I think the rush to get the news out there, hey, look, here's another move we're going to make, is to just kind of say, hey, look, the Bucks are going for it. Giannis, see this. And Giannis probably clearly like knew about the holiday trade, at least for one. It's like, would you want to play with him? And it seems like he would have to give some sort of tacit approval or be excited about it for them to do it. But I think part of it is that they just the Bucks want to look aggressive. So that may be part of the right, reason right. that the sign-in trade got leaked so, uh, preemptively. So I, I have a quick 30-second um, kind of just, I don't want to say rants, but thought on the Drew Holiday trade. But let me just first of all say real quick, Drew Holiday is a great player statistically. You know, there are numbers out there of how great he is defensively, how much he helps the team win, just all the positive things you got to look up. Right. But trading three firsts, Bledsoe and Hill, for a player that, I don't know, do we could, where do we put him in the rankings of like top like 25? Is he in there? Um, yeah, we I mean, don't I see think him. he's he's fine. Like, when I look at that trade, it's like, okay, you have to just be absolutely lock solid certain that Giannis is going to stay. And if you're well, yeah, if you so feel like that, then they're going to be crappy first. Like they're going to be 27, 28, 29, 30, and then the trade's fine. But you got to be like, what if he has some sort of you're like, I don't know, until there's a ink with signature on a piece of paper you better walk on super unbelievable eggshells because like if Giannis goes and things go south for the Bucks and then it's three first then my god that's a disaster I I mean because it's Giannis yes but I'm just thinking in my mind like just not thinking of Giannis I'm just thinking I'm like three first for Drew Holiday at age 30 yeah I mean three um, terrible also, first so yeah, that's fine like yeah. I mean I get and you know, the other thing that has to factor into it is uh, you probably have to have some sort of good feeling that you can re-sign Drew. So, like, if if you're real certain, like, okay, Giannis is going to re-sign and Drew is going to re-sign, then it's fine. And you better have really great intel or really great assurances, wink, wink, nod, nod, that both of those things are going to happen, then, and then, it, then it's fine. But, yeah, three firsts for an expiring, even three awful shitty firsts would, would be a lot. But, I mean... So, so, so we're saying agreement. So, an agreement that Drew will come back, not kind of like, not the agreement of like Kyrie saying he was going to go return to the Celtics, but <laughs> not not that kind of agreement. But um, yeah, but um, I I don't know. Uh, shout shout out, um, Drew. We have we happen to have the same birthday, so I'm I'm connected in that way. But I don't know. He's an older guard, uh, defensive, who's had um injury problems i don't know that that would kind of worry me but it's Giannis. so sorry that was my quick kind of like side even though i know we started all this on uh bogdanovich um i mean if he is actually available if he is available and say they don't start again with this sign and trade business i would i would love to i would offer yeah, I would give him an offer as a uh, restricted free agent and see if um, see if Sacramento matches that. Um, he's 28. He's still like he's a good defensive player. 
I feel like I've seen him play games where it's just like, hey, he's he's a positive, a net positive out on the floor, playing off the ball. Um, playmaking, I'm not. Well, I will say I haven't watched him enough to think that, but I would be all for it, all for it for him, just because of what I have seen defensively, offensively that he can bring to the table. Okay. Like if you, what if you had to pick, like, uh, if you had to make a decision, like make a push for Gordon Hayward versus make a push for Bogdanovich. Thank you. And you, you, you know, you, you got to figure that Hayward probably gets more money. He's a little yeah. bit older, a little bit bigger. I don't know. Would, like, okay. Just well, with, with some my... of those caveats, like which way would you lean? Okay. Here's here's my thoughts on it, and I'm about to just create um, fire. Just like people are going to be so mad. I'm sorry at my mentions. In fact, I'm not even going to mention my uh, Twitter account on this. I'm whispering. I would love to have Hayward more. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I think Hayward provides more. And be, yeah, I Hayward, think it's kind of a higher ceiling, lower floor kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like the Hayward, injury risk kind of makes him the lower floor. I don't know. Like, I think he's a better playmaker. He's bigger. He can, he can you know, play more of the three and the four and bigger positions. Bogdanovich can't do that, and I think the Hawks could use somebody a little bit bigger. Bogdanovich is maybe a little more redundant with somebody like Herder. Um, right. I think right. Hayward yeah. gives you, you know, more flexibility with some of the pieces that you already have. Uh, so I think he's a bigger I, ceiling. You're just going to have to commit more money. You're going to have to, uh, you know, take a bigger risk. He's older. He's going to turn 31 this season, I think. So if you start throwing in the big bucks there for somebody with a – you know, he's had a checkered injury history the last couple of years. That's mm. true. It's the risk you got to take. I mean, you've, you've, this is, I mean, I guess the other thing is, you know, how do you feel? They, the Hawks have to figure out how they feel about 2021 because that's clearly going to be a much better free agent class than this one. Um, I don't know what's realistic to think about what's attainable in that free agency class, but certainly more options. This is a, this is a very limited free agency class, I think. Uh, I don't know. As the Atlanta optimist, what did Uh-oh. I say? Optimist, mm. pessimist. As the Atlanta pessimist, when it comes to free agency, you know all the Atlanta results that have led you to get all that optimism over the years. Kale, let me bring you back to a time, way back in the time when it was advertised that the Hawks could free up, um, free up their cap space to get both Chris Paul and Chris Paul and Dwight Howard in in, in their primes. They didn't land any of that. There, there are numerous times that the Hawks have had cap room and said, hey, let's go after this star player. And we end up signing Kent Bazemore or to an extension or something. So let me let me say, let me, so let me go and talk about in the future when we're talking about um, 2021's free agency. I have no faith in... I'm just pessimistic that way. So if the Hawks, by some you know some way, can get Hayward, I think he would be be a fantastic fit. 
because he's still a good player. He doesn't he's necessarily a good rely, he doesn't necessarily rely on his athleticism. He's a mixture between skill and athlete. So that means pretty much as he ages, he still has the skill that's still there. Right. He's and a I great shooter. He's also a great passer. Like I think that gets missed a lot. Yes, and this would help. Um, he would help the development of some of the younger players because I know a lot of fans care about that. Like Trey won't have to have the ball the whole time. Um, you could literally throw him at in at the three or the four. Play him with either, um, you know, play him with um, um, blanking on our players' names, Hunter or Reddish, or. Heck, we could try to go super small, play all three of them. Um, although it would be interesting to me to see that. Um, and this is, you know, a purely, purely ironic story or just thought that basically he's I don't want to say he's getting phased out of Boston because of two young wings that are growing under him. Right. In Boston. But for him to come to Atlanta and then watch two years from now, be like, now, wait a second. So. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Yeah, purely optimistic. But yeah, that's. I would, I would love him. Yeah, I don't know why he wants to leave Boston. To be honest, it's like I know that there's a certain amount of certainty that comes with, you know, if he opts out and signs a new contract, there's a certain you know, you get the the certitude of the future years versus the one year. But he could make an awful lot of money playing for a very good team, playing for a college coach. And I don't think, you know, I think their relationship with Hayward and Stevens is good. I, were there any bumps? I don't remember. Uh, I, it's, it does seem a little perplexing and that he would want to leave. I don't know if he's getting the nudge or <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the gentle disinvite. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm just as, I mean, I'm confused at it, but also it kind of makes me wonder, um, you know, skeptical on his availability because this is Danny Ainge. And I, when was the last time Danny Ainge kind of like didn't let an asset go for nothing? Just, it, it's rare because, you know, he does ask for a lot for for everything that he does. <laughs> you know, what is, you know, a good GM, which he, I would want. He was for. so close on so many great moves though. All the times that he was going to trade for the top three pick or, <laughs> land the superstar i mean gosh darn it boston's comes close so many times oh my goodness <laughs> hey look don't to say. i had a point but then you kind of no, kidding i i don't know they're apparently i believe i well i don't know i don't know how long um or rather when is this whole extension for hayward like is he supposed to announce like he well, I think he's going to gonna decide tomorrow. Like it's not a, it's okay. not an extension. It's uh, he's he's got uh, a player option for the final season of his deal, and I think I think the initial deadline thought. Blah, 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 blah. See, told you I was rusty. I think the initial deadline was yesterday, and I think they bumped it to you know tomorrow. Let's use days of the week here. I think it was uh, two. I think the original deadline was Tuesday, and they bumped it to Thursday. Um, so. By the time this thing's on the air and listening to it, you know, we may have already gotten to the Gordon Hayward decision. Uh, I'll try to have this up in the morning, but um, yeah, I think there's going to be a short shelf life on that. He's going to have to make his decision very, very soon, but 
we're we're getting our, rec our, our we're getting our opinions out on public record be, uh, before. <laughs> I okay. Well, let me say, I Josh Lane approve of Gordon Hayward. I would love him in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. I, I spoke directly into the mic that time, just so everyone could hear that. Yeah, I that I I can't disagree. I mean, I, I'd still be very very nervous about it, but I I do think that getting him would be a a healthy healthy risk, uh, a good risk. So you, you got to get lucky sometimes, and I I, I think nervous. it's the kind of move they kind of have to make. I'm I'm nervous. For the injury risk, but I right. think that's that's the big yeah, one. Like, yeah, the kind of move you have to make because, oh my goodness, just come on, come on, Hawks fans. Who are the free agents we've gotten in the past? Like, like let, let let's be real. I mean, honestly, like Boston fans will openly acknowledge that like, he's the biggest free agent catch that the Celtics have ever gotten. Like, this is the Boston Celtics with what seventeen championships or whatever they have. Like. It's like who's the yeah. greatest free agent signing in Celtics history, and it's almost you know to a person to a, to to every single Celtics fan they're gonna say oh Gordon Hayward, and it hasn't it's been choppy there, but at the time you know he was a he was a big name and he's a really good player. He was an All Star the the season before the Celtics got him. Um, so I mean yeah, there's a certain cachet there, and if if you're a team that hasn't historically landed a whole bunch of free agents, then that that's a pretty big get. The, Hawk, the Hawks have some flexibility. Their their name is getting thrown around on everybody. It's it's getting tossed really? around for. I mean, Rajon Rondo. Like, I I don't see it. I, I mean, I know the Hawks need a backup point guard, but I don't know. I just no. that just seems like hey, here's an agent. Uh, we have a player who would like to get a contract, hopefully a much larger contract. Can you please name a team with a need and lots of cap room? And it's like, oh, the Hawks. Let's leak that rumor. You, you mean the team that came out and said, um, hey, we're openly trying to push for the playoffs and we need a veteran. That didn't help. That didn't help. Yeah. I mean, yeah. certainly that's going to get even more names linked to you when you kind of put that mandate out there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Rondo. Oh, boy. Uh, you mentioned that name. Um, I mean, I, I my, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, am I, am I a bad person for not really liking that fit? Um, for Atlanta. And also I don't kind of, I don't really see why he would want to come here just thinking on it, but maybe just, maybe that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it seems weird. Like I, I have complete and total 100% faith that like when you get to like a conference finals and it's game six and he's going to be out there for 20 minutes a game, he's going to be like 400% better than he was in the regular season. Uh, and he's going to do a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. And, you know, he's gotten to the point in his career where he's a decent enough shooter. You know, if you leave him open, chances are he's going to have a, a game where he makes you pay and pay badly. I mean, he's he's a good player, but, you know, at a certain age it gets, I don't know, like what's his regular season defense going to look like when you're playing Charlotte in February on the road? Like, I don't know. I I, I just doesn't seem right doesn't i don't know yeah and then also 
well, you say conference finals, and I'm thinking, oh, if the Hawks made it to the conference finals, but that's a that's a whole that's another story. But <laughs> easy, yeah, Josh. Right. They they just need to be a ten seed this year so that they can get their nine uh, ten game. Oh, man, no, yeah, you bring up. I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, what's going to happen when the Hawks are playing the Wizards and? January fifteenth. <laughs> um, is he gonna? Is he gonna be out there? If they tell him go guard Brad Beal, what what's gonna happen? Uh, or future wizard Russell Westbrook? Wow, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you have a point. And then also, like at his age, like does he want to come to a rebuilding team? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. He like want- he, he seems like a player who'd be good around like peers. And if he comes here, there's just like no peers. It's like a bunch of twenty-two year olds. Like Capella's going to be the old man in the room. Well, Deadman's going to be there, but I don't know. It just he seems like the kind of vet that would want a veteran-laden team. Like he seems like the kind of guy that would be very happy on the Lakers or the Clippers or somebody like that. Yeah, that's why you know I'm kind of thinking of what you were mentioning about um pushing for leverage. Um, I'm definitely thinking that's what's happening in this case with Rondo between like the Lakers and the Clippers, just going to one of those two teams. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't see it with the Hawks. And then also I don't really like it, the fit with the Hawks because I don't know, just how, how much of the regular season is he going to contribute and yeah, just so many other questions. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, did I live up to my promises? Were there things that we were supposed to talk about that we didn't? Um. Let's, let me let me, let me look at our correspondence. What, what did our correspondence look like? Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> check, check. Check, check. Check. We even had that crazy, like, 30-minute discussion about Queen's Gambit earlier in the podcast. But um, Wow. Yeah. I, th- I think we missed, but but no one wants to hear that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think we got everything um, draft-related. Uh, okay. You know, obviously, everything's going to be, like, warp speed <laughs> in these next 48 hours. Yeah. See, uh, for, see, um, so I, oof. so I, I don't know. Okay, here's here's where we can end then. Um, wh- what do you see in the future of the Atlanta Hawks? Like, what what what's the season going to look like? Hmm. If everyone is healthy. And I say if because it feels like the last couple seasons either someone is hurt or someone is suspended. Right. I see uh, it has to be an it's definitely an improved team because the young players, it's another year for all the young players. I don't see any of them take the young guys taking a step back. Right. Um, adding, adding Capella in is a vastly underrated upgrade um from what the hawks were starting at center last year right um speaking of which we've got breaking news 
Oh, I'm I, not usually the breaking news uh, in the podcast, but Chris Kirshner is saying that uh, the Hawks are not going to extend qualifying hour, uh, qualifying offers to Damian Jones, DeAndre Bembry, Scalabissiere, or Charlie Brown Jr. And they are going to fully, fully guarantee Brandon Goodwin's contract. So Brandon Goodwin in, Damian Jones, DeAndre Bembry, Scalabissiere, and Charlie Brown Jr. out. Uh, you kind of mentioned some of the interior defense, and there were some related names there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I digress. Go on. Bembry to the Bucks. Just look out for that. That, honestly, oh. not, not too crazy there. I mean, the, the Bucks, uh, you know, if they do, <laughs> I guess it's much more of an if now, but I think the Bucks, if they do sign and trade, then that brings in like, a hard cap situation into play that they are going to be very, uh, they're going to have to tiptoe around that very, very carefully at that point because they're very close to that cap and would have many, many roster spots left because, you know, the sign in trade was going to send out DJ Wilson and uh, Dante, Dante, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. So, you know, you start yeah. losing roster spots. Robin Lopez uh, opted out. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're going to have a lot of roster spots and a hard cap, and they will have to tread very lightly. So, uh, you know, an ex, an experienced defender with experience with Bud uh, on the cheap would would not be a huge surprise, honestly. The guy that drafted Bembry, um, yeah. Well, I mean, Wes Wes drafted him. I'll never forget that because Wes was always trying to sell me like if if DeAndre had a good game. Like, Did you see DeAndre? It's like, yeah. I mean, he's he was good. Oh. West oh, West West was good at the hard sell. These are the stories that you hear. Um, no, we did we did forget to bring up one guy, um, Gallinari, um, because yeah. that was a rumor earlier today. Um, Where is he now? He's just a rumor still, right? There was not like today. Tonight was a whirlwind. Like there were trades that happened, and my brain has not processed all of them yet. So, pole yes. position. What? Oh, I don't. That's right, that pole means. position. Pole that was position. Great. I, I don't know if that means like green flag, checker flag, uh, starting at the front of the pack. I don't know what that means. Last lap, uh, pole position, whatever that means. Um, I really like that. I'm, like I, I honestly like of all the people we said. I think when you factor in like contract, age, you know, some dicey health. But I'm not saying that he's the best player. He might be the best fit. Uh, he might be the best fit with the best contract. You know, you factor all the pieces in. He he might be the guy that I want. So I I'm I'm a little skeptical just in the terms of well, no he's he's played a bunch of I don't know why I think of him as um an injury concern but and now you, that I'm thinking about it, he has played a lot of games recently yeah. his last couple of years yeah and um, you know the other thing we have to factor in is the same thing as Rondo it's like this whole leverage argument it's like you know yeah. Is the Hawks the first name because you just need to have one cap space name out there to make the leverage? I, I don't know. No idea. So All right. we'll, well see. I'm about, to spin, I'm about to spin it so we go back to the beginning right here. Okay. Uh, hot, hot take with I just folded it on my tinfoil and I'm putting it on my hat. So wow. The aliens don't, you know, just putting on my head so the aliens don't read my um, brain on this. The Hawks brought in a Conru just so they could get Gallinari. Perfect fit. J- just think. Oh no, no. Um, I mean, that's. I, 
I, I don't get, know where you're going there, but I would like that fit. That that they complement each other a lot. If if he were to come here, yeah. But, but right. yeah, that's all I have. I'm curious to see what free agents the um, Hawks try to go for. I know Derek Jones was a name that was mentioned earlier in the summer. Uh, uh, I'm crossing my fingers they can bring in some more shooting from the perimeter. Yeah. <laughs> Scoring perimeter. Yeah. I mean, they, Jones would be good. I mean, you need somebody who can do what he does. They need some, some wing defenders. I mean, you hope, yeah. you're hoping that Cam Reddish is certainly one. And Hunter would kind of be the same thing. They'd probably be guarding the same kind of people. You could probably put Jones on somebody a little bit smaller and shiftier where you couldn't with Hunter. But you you need a lot of those guys to make stuff work. I mean, Jones would be fine. I mean, of course, it depends on the contract a lot, but uh, I mean that that would be good. I I would be cool with that. Right. Okay. That's such um, a downer to end on, though. Like oh, B list free um, agent and the. He'd be okay. Endorsement. That's okay. We can end on a dud. Like that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's free agents. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like it's like, been a long night. This is what I'm talking about. It's been a long night. It's, it it's been, been a long, long year. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's been, been a long, long year. Night, a long year. Um, man, I I, I don't know. Though I did have fun. I, ha- I haven't been able to talk with anyone about Hawks for a long time. Just physically be able to talk. Well, wait, where are you? Are you in Texas? Uh, yes. Uh, are there a lot of way. Hawks fans in Texas? I have to ask you that without like giving away your GPS coordinates. Like, have, have you encountered any Hawks fans in Texas? This is a good, good, good one to end on. Okay. Okay. Um, so how long have you been there? Have you been there a long time? So, so I moved here... Um, we moved here, um, in March. I moved here in March. Yes. I will say that I've been here since March. Um, I managed to get in right before everything shut down in the world. (laughs) Um, as far as Hawks fans, I have not seen a single one since I've been here in the area that I'm at. I see a lot of Spurs fans, which Things could be much worse because, boy, um, previously I was living around a lot of um, lifetime Lakers Warriors fans mm-hmm. in California. But yeah. Spurs fans, it's like, oh, hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> it's nice. No Hawks fans, though, huh? There's uh, still time. There's still time. Just me. They say... Um, Dominique Wilkins and I'm like yeah, and then they say who else and I'm like uh, Trey. They asked me if they got yeah. They're like Trey Young, Joe Johnson. I'm like hey, he doesn't play <laughs> for the team anymore. But yes, all right. So that's where we're at. That's where you're at. No Hawks fans. All right, Josh. I need to let just you me. Sleep. I'll hold it down a second. If you come to Austin. Oops, sorry, gave away my GPS. But if you come here, let me know. All right, you could start the Austin Hawks fan club. Oh, yes. Start with rooting. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank thank you for uh, bringing me on. Hopefully, uh, when more craziness comes about, 
I can uh, jump on and give my crazy tinfoil hat opinions. All right. Sounds like a plan, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Yep.